Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast, hosted by Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer of Creelan.com. Listen in as Creelan interviews powerful people who have tamed their fears, embraced their greatness, and gotten out of their own damn way. And now, Creelan Peters. Hi, and welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. I'm your host, Creelan Peters. Today, I welcome Elise Hughes to the show, and before I bring her on the line, I just want to tell you a little bit more about her. Elise is a TEDx speaker, writer, and change specialist that eases the process of lifestyle transformation. After healing herself of a debilitating skin condition through diet, she shares a message of converting addictions into self-love. With a thriving community on live platforms like Periscope, she simplifies health, making it doable fun, and lasting. So welcome, Elise, to the podcast. Uh, thanks, Kerlin. I'm really, really honored to be here with you. Yes, and I'm so excited. We were just talking a little bit pre-show, as I do with all my guests, and um, you found out about this through one of the other guests on the program. So I'm like, I'm always so excited to see, like, how how it, you know, the, the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon thing. <laughs> Isn't it? I mean, it's amazing how word spreads. And I think the reason that it does, especially with your podcast, is because, you know, whatever you're trying to do, right, I mean, the fears come up, the self-doubt comes up. So being able to get out of your own way is just one of the most empowering things. And I think it's one of the most challenging, too. Yes, and and the thing about it, we already started apparently. <laughs> so, I, but I just have to say this: we, um, what happens? What I find is that you know we are constantly getting in and out of our own damn way. It's not like you get out of your own damn way and you're good for life. Um, yeah. And I think that sometimes that's kind of a misperception that people have. And I know that I've kind of um, been dragged kicking and screaming through that process. Like, why Why do I have to keep healing? Why can't I just be done with it? <laughs> but, <laughs> yes. But then, you know, people like us would be out of our life's work, wouldn't we? And I, I don't mean to make light of it, but it's, it's kind of a, a humorous thing. We have to laugh at it or it's going to eat us and consume us. <laughs> Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. And especially, you know, working in, um, you know, being an entrepreneur, working in kind of a health, wellness, well-being realm as well, you know, sometimes you put that pressure on yourself, too, to feel like, okay, I've arrived or mm-hmm. the healing, like you said, the healing's over. And really, it's it's it life is always going to be there happening and it's our ability to, like, adapt to that, right, and then be kind to ourselves in the process, too. Uh, yes, that is the key, isn't it? And I, I saw the, the little blurb about self-love, and I'm, I'm so glad. It's such a needed um, thing that we continue to talk about because it, I think it really gets swept under the rug a lot. Um, and I'm sure we're going to talk more about that. And I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to kind of share more about your story and how you've learned to get out of your own damn way so that we can continue to dive into whatever comes up. Oh, absolutely. So for me, you know, my story, it really started for me when I was much younger. You know, I grew up as somebody who was always really afraid to be who I am. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that started to really manifest strongly in my adult life. When I was 18, I went to college, I hit life really hard. And, you know, for the first time I had a drink, it was like blackout. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I refer to this period of my life as my seven-year blackout because it was, you know, drinking to the point of passing out every night. And that ended up being 
two packs of cigarettes a day on top of that and fasted every meal. And, you know, when I was 22, I was diagnosed with psoriasis, which is one of the most common autoimmune skin conditions. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have it, you know, in varying degrees. And when, within about a year's time of my diagnosis, psoriasis just took over my entire body. And in that same period of time, I gained upward of 100 pounds. And so my life became really unlivable, and it had been going that way for quite a long time. And so then it was just starting to to show very strongly on my physical body. Mm -hmm. And, you know, finally things got so bad when I was 25, up against a wall, a lot of failed treatments, a lot of, you know, scratching the surface of a really chronic problem, and I ended up being in a dermatologist's office, getting my first injection of an immunosuppressant that suppresses your immune system in order to supposedly wipe out this condition. And I, there was something inside me that was just like, no. And I really hit this wall of total hopelessness. Like, I don't want to take this because if I get a cold, I could die. But at the same time, I don't know what to do. And just by grace, I had a friend who tips me off to this healing diet book and I just threw away every conception I had about healing. I didn't know anything about even the fact that you could heal using food and I just went for it. And about six months later, majority of the skin on my body regenerated. Um, I had really a new, I was stepping into a new life, which scared the shit out of me. (laughs) And... Um, I had gained about, I had lost about 60 pounds at that point. And then over the years, that's become completely, you know, shedding weight and just, you know, transforming my life. So that's the long, that's the short. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. It, you know? Yes. There's always a lot more into it. But it's, it's, it's interesting how it sounds like there was kind of a point of surrender for you when you yeah. just, they had, didn't have a, a clue what to do. And, you know, and I, I love to point out too that, it sounds like your intuition kicked in. Like you're saying, I don't want to be on this medication because of the side effects and what it could do and what it could mean for my life or death. And and something inside you said, I can't, I can't keep going this way. And then mm-hmm. lo and behold, something happened. Your friend came and you know introduced you to a, a different way. And isn't I mean, it's almost like we have to get to that point of surrender before we're even open to looking at something that we didn't even know was out there. It's so important, you know. I think, like, that when you suffer, when you go through that pain, it's this tremendous learning experience that really sucks when you're going through it. Yes. But then you see, I really did have to put myself through that or be in my way or get to that point where it became so unbearable Mm -hmm. that I opened myself up to the fact that there were options that I wasn't seeing there. And, you know, because I really, even then, it was like there were reasons for me living the way that I was, you know, to to protect my emotions, to, Uh to cope with things I didn't want to cope with. So it was like... You know, it was there for a reason, but I wasn't allowing myself to see that it didn't have to be that way. Right. Right. And it's because that's what we know. And then, mm-hmm. and then what happens is we start judging ourselves for doing things a certain way when, like you said, we were doing it that way, um, you know, turning to whatever coping skills we could in order to survive. And when we're in survival mode, 
there's no shame. It's survival. I mean, it's like the most basic thing is to not die and to and to feel safe emotionally. Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm ranting. Oh my gosh, what's happening? <laughs> but it, I mean, it's like I'm so tuned in to where you were at. Like it, I I I get it. I've been there so many times, and it's just. It can be so hard when you're going through it because you just don't know what's going on. And then, like I said, there's that point of, and it's a choice point. Do I surrender? Do I totally let go and let whatever come in and be there? Even though, you know, we might not have that conscious knowledge that we, it's kind of a leap of faith, but, but that, I think that comes when we are like, we, I just can't do it. I can't keep going the way I'm going because it's headed down a really dark road. Yeah, perfectly said. I mean, and it's it's interesting because I know that we've all had those points in a million different ways in each one of our lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, one bottom can seem more extreme than the other, but each of us know what that point is for us, you know. Yes. And, you know, when it just sinks down into your soul and you're, like, exactly like you said, like, something's got to change. Mm-hmm. It does, and I love that you brought that point up, too, because um, we sometimes tend to compare ourselves to others, like, oh, well, my situation isn't as bad as so-and-so's situation because they're dealing with this, but it's all relative, and when we don't allow ourselves to, to fully experience and acknowledge that we're having a difficult time, then we're kind of... Um, um, really getting in the way of our own ability to transform at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, juicy stuff. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> so I had to, like, kind of interrupt and go, oh, my gosh, I'm, like, seeing all these, like, themes and, and really wonderful lessons already, and you've only gone into, like, a few years of your ad- early adulthood. <laughs> no, I mean, it's great. I mean, this stuff runs so deep. You know, like our emotional relationship with ourselves, you know, the things that come out of desperation and pain Mm -hmm. and, you know, really being in those challenging moments where you see a different possibility for your life. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, we could talk about this for days. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and like you said, we all have these points where there's that that opportunity to, to step in a different direction. Mhm. Yeah. So it sounds like within six months of you kind of heading down this path that things really were at least starting to transform for you. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, what's just so poignant for this podcast, Kerlin, is after that six months, I got right back in my own damn way. And <laughs> <laughs> it was like I... I had graduated college. A lot of things had changed in my life right at that time. One, I was in a completely new body, and I really didn't know how to handle that. You know, I had been used to being in pain for so long, struggling for so long, that I feel like I didn't feel worthy of, like, really being healthy and really, you know, giving myself credit, I think, for for having had a part to do with that transformation and Mm -hmm. so I ended up diving back in to a lot of the behaviors that I was undertaking before drinking again smoking again and I ended up destroying my skin again over a period of about eight months and 
went on this whole other healing journey after that where I healed my skin a different way. I ended up doing a, a veggie juice cleanse and watched my skin regenerate completely again. And the reason I always bring this up, and, and all along this way, there's been tons of ups and downs and tons of reverting back to behaviors, mm-hmm. you know, challenges with food and all these kinds of things. And, you know, I like sharing that part because I want people to know, like, you always have a chance to start again and step out of your way and, and love yourself even when you do stumble or you go back to the stuff that it is before. Cause it, it takes some getting used to transforming, being a new person, you know, making better choices, and it's okay to have those dips. Yes, it absolutely is. And like and like we were talking about right at the beginning, it's it's a process. It's not just kind of a one-time event and then we're, you know, one and done. <laughs> we're all healed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that point of that not feeling worthy is such an important thing because we sometimes we – take the actions to do the change, um, and our beliefs haven't quite caught up yet. And so then it can kind of wreak some havoc <laughs> in that journey, like like you discover. Mm-hmm. Like I think everyone discovers, and it it can be frustrating. It feel, I kind of liken it to a dance. It's like one step forward, two steps back, and we have to be gentle, like you said, gentle with ourselves, very patient, and understanding that it's part of the process. And and I know that you brought up some, some addiction um, in your past as well, and I think everyone has been touched by addiction, whether they have experienced it or had someone close to them. And it's the process of recovery. And, and I don't mean addiction necessarily from substances, but from anything, from food, from mm-hmm. relationships, from sex, from shopping, from, like, so many different things. Part of the process is relapse. And a lot of people don't either understand that or want to accept it, but it is the truth for anyone who has tried to overcome anything is that mm-hmm. we we slide, we do, and we, we have to get through that somehow. I'm, that was such – I'm so glad that you brought that up. And just the way that you said it, part of the process is relapse. And I, it brought to mind at the forefront the pressure that we put on ourselves as people that want something better for our lives. You know, when you reach that point, you're like, I want to make a change. You see some results. And then that amount of pressure that you can put on yourself when you still may be kind of struggling with certain things. And to just, gosh, to be able to get behind that idea and be like, relapse is part of the process. I think it is beautiful. I think it's essential and necessary, and it gives us permission to be human Mm -hmm. that sometimes we don't give ourselves. Yes, we can be very hard on ourselves, our own worst critic, and and I think part of what um, leads to relapse is those self-judgments that we have and then we get into um, shame or other kind of not so great self-image or whatever and then it just kind of becomes this vicious cycle so if we can understand and and accept that it's part of the process and we need to be gentle and we need you know like there's so many ands it's not like either 
I'm a really awesome person or I suck. Like, it's not black and white like that. <laughs> I can be awesome and, you know, not stop eating chocolate donuts. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's okay to love yeah. and accept yourself even when you're not doing what you would rather be doing. So Yes, yes. And, you know, and it's like, and we chuckle now. But I can't even tell you the amount of times that because of what I was putting in my mouth or because of the behaviors that I was, you know, engaged in, that I really did internalize that and feel like I was a crappy person. Mm -hmm. And what did that do? It perpetuated the behaviors Mm -hmm. because it was like, you know, you get stuck in that shame spiral and, you know, when you're in the behavior and then you're shaming yourself for it, then you're that much more likely to repeat it. Exactly. That sucks. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I don't want to. I didn't have a temper tantrum. I know. It's <laughs> And we all do it. We And, it, you know, some of us do it with food. Some of us do it with substances. And like I said, there's just so many other things um, that we can do it with. And so how do we... How do we stop it? You know, I think, like, one way is exactly what we're talking about. You know, just recognizing the fact that you're not a bad person, and you can literally say to yourself in your mind or out loud, I'm not a bad person just because I just ate this. Or, you know, it's okay. Like, I'm in my process right now. You know, I'm going through this. And to know that underlying that, if you can actually look at that action, And you can see what your actual intention is for that, right? So underlying everything, we want something good for ourselves. And a lot of times, even if we're in that behavior that's, quote, unquote, we see as bad, most likely we're just wanting to protect ourselves or make ourselves feel better because we're going through something that's hard. Mm -hmm. And that's a really smart thing. That's a really loving thing. And we may just be doing it in a way that ends up hurting ourselves. And so if we could actually see, like, hey, I am a good person because I'm really trying to do something good for myself, it's just maybe not quite the thing that's going to help me the most, Mm -hmm. then I think that in and of itself shifts the entire energy around it. Yeah, having that awareness is really important. They always say, you know, awareness is step one, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's also important when, you know, when you do, when you are, like, in those moments and and you're perpetuating behavior to, you know, be able to kind of step back from it and maybe give yourself a healthy alternative or another choice. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it seems so obvious and so simple, but... um, And not necessarily do it cold turkey, you know? Like, if your thing is food, necessarily, what's one healthy alternative that you can try out once or even once a day and see how you feel? Maybe in addition to the thing that you're struggling with? Mm -hmm. And then see how that feels. And if it feels good, then to, you know, insert something else. For example, like, you know, my mom drinks a lot of coffee. She's, She's probably always had, like, I remember times where she would have, like, up to eight cups a day. And, you know, she kind of got to a point where she's like, you know, this is kind of a lot of coffee. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what can I do to maybe just drink a little bit less or, you know, have a substitute? So we actually found this coffee substitute called Dandy Blend. 
and she loved the taste of it. It tastes just like coffee. And so she ends up having like one or two cups of that in the evening versus three or four cups of regular coffee in the evening. And that's been a huge game changer for her. And she just hasn't necessarily had to stop drinking coffee or, you know, change her whole behavior. She just found something else that she enjoyed that she feels kind of better about. And I think it can be that small. It, it absolutely can. I think that what gets in the way is our, our thinking about it. You know, we we associate, and I, I know a lot from, you know, the the research on smoking, which is, you know, like people associate other things with smoking. They associate um, being social. They associate taking breaks. They associate sex. I mean, there's so many things that people can associate with cigarettes or coffee or food or other things that we have to realize that, that there's other things that we need to, <coughs> excuse me, Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's okay. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm getting there. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm getting over a cold. So uh, <laughs> that kind of Oh, me. that's okay. That's okay. I'm just glad you're okay. I know how that is when you can get that, that tickle in your throat and then it just, you know, you can't, it can't, it keeps going. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness for mute buttons. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we do. We need we need to find a, a way to replace, like you said, or or find substitutes or other associations. Yeah, and, and that's a and that's a big process in and of itself. You know, it's taken me years. It's like you know, I always tell that story of yeah, within that original six months, and it's been five years that I've been working on my life and just figuring out how to treat myself on a daily basis because before I really didn't. I really didn't appreciate myself and you know even I wouldn't be anywhere talking about self-love I don't think I had ever said that word in my life and I don't think I ever even had conceptualized what that meant and it's amazing because it, it takes just that showing up for yourself and and being open and we're and having that awareness and listening to you know podcasts like this and you know, doing those little things for yourself here and there. And uh, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. And it also, you know, it's a life's journey. It absolutely is. Yeah, we need to um, come up with things that really can support us as we're making changes and, and doing things better. And I apologize, my voice is still a little shaky. Um, and it, it's so important to come up with things that can support us. And that can look different for each person, but also in different circumstances as well. Yeah, and you know, I, I have a friend who she has a, a she makes signs with inspir inspirational sayings. It's called Life Lumber, and she made me a sign. And this was something apparently that I said and I had forgotten, which was even better. I was like, "Wow, that's so prolific!" It's just follow your happy. So when I wake up in the morning, there's this big, beautiful wooden sign hanging over my bed, and I look up, and it says, follow your happy. And, you know, on this whole topic of, you know, struggling with addiction or being in your own way, being trapped in fear or self-doubt, you know, what makes you feel good? What's something that you can latch onto and hang onto with a vice grip that... <laughs> 
you know, can get you just a little more unstuck. And it could be something as tiny as drinking a little more water. Or when you're in front, I know there's a lot of women entrepreneurs on here who are like grinding on a dream. And when you're eight hours deep, ten hours deep in front of the computer, maybe stepping away and just standing up, taking a walk, even if it's around the house, you know, like those little things can totally, you know, circulate some fresh energy and just make you feel good, you know, around some things that may be um, either weighing on your heart or on your body or on your mind. I love it. Yeah, find your happy. <laughs> I think that's absolutely great. And I can attest to the sitting yeah. at the computer for hours at a time. And I yeah. make a point of stepping away, like you said, and just getting a change of scenery, um, whether it's, you know, a different part of my home or going somewhere, meeting a friend for coffee, just whatever it is, because it is so, so important to to do that. And I know one of the things that I find really helpful with that shift is focusing on the body, because a lot of times we we get really disconnected, especially when we are so focused on in our head, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. um, thinking or or even, you know, really just kind of doing something we can really disconnect from how we're feeling or what our body needs. So I love what you said, like drinking water. For me, I I love to drink uh, chai tea in the morning. Well, it's like my treat. I, I love having that. And and I just always feel so good. It's like a little hug from the inside. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I actually, I think I had seen a post of yours where you had mentioned ch- ch- the chai tea. And isn't that a beautiful thing to have something that you really love and look forward to, you know, to start your day? And yes. it, it's just nice. It is. And I, I like your sign, too. I think that's great. Um, as a good oh, reminder, yeah. I think that, you know, any little thing, and and I know it, do, it does sound simple, but it, it's impactful because we, yeah. some of us get so into the grand gesture of life, like I have to be doing these amazing things all the time. That's a lot of pressure. But what if you found these little ways to really take care of yourself on a daily basis or on a you know, more than once a day kind of basis, like what what can we add that really takes care of our soul and our body that that gives us that happy? And it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be the big sweeping gesture. You know, some of us, we want that. We want that, like, oh, my gosh, well, it doesn't say I love you unless it's, you know, wrapped in a bow and five tons in my driveway, <laughs> you know, but it can be much smaller than that. You know, it's the thing that I was thinking about while you were describing that was those grand gestures. I really feel that the small gestures are the things that are going to determine how you feel when those grand gestures manifest in your life. So, you know, when you're working countless hours and you hit like 3,000 subscribers on your podcast or, you know, you have a major business breakthrough, you know, if you were taking breaks and nurturing yourself a little bit and maybe stepping away when you hit walls, you know, when you get there, you're going to relish it more, you're going to experience it 
to the fullest and you're really going to be able to drop into that experience because you were checking in with yourself all along the way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, it's those those little things that determine the experience of whatever it is that we're going through. And, you know, they I think they help soothe the more challenging parts. They give us more awareness and, and space to make kinder decisions to ourselves when we're going through the tough stuff. And then they really empower us to, like, it, freaking celebrate it when we do have those huge moments, you know? Yes. Yes, I'm all for the grand gesture, but I agree. I think the small gestures are the little rituals that kind of get us through and really mm-hmm. – um help us nurture ourselves through the process of the crap that we have to get through in order to get to the big the big celebration because it it really is like what can we do on the small side that really really supports us um because those are the things that are ingrained and that really really are the backbone of what gets us through yeah absolutely well, my goodness, we are, like, running out of time here. I can't believe it. I always say that, but I still can't because it always goes so fast. And I want to make sure that people have a chance to get in touch with you if they want to learn more about your journey and the work that you do. Yeah, absolutely. So you all can find me at com, and I'm a periscopeaholic, so I do live broadcasts every single day where I'm in the kitchen or I'm just sharing experiences in my life uh, and really, you know, connecting with people face-to-face, which I totally love. It's it's like nothing else I've ever experienced. And you can follow me on Periscope at Elise underscore Hughes. And, um, yeah, just, just join me. Check in. I would love for you to just say hello and, um, you know, let me know how I can support you. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much, Elise. And and before we completely sign off, do you have any last-minute tips for the audience on how they can get out of their own damn way? Yeah, you know, I listened to an interview with this great teacher, Matt Kahn, this week. And one of the things that he said was, you know, instead of considering that you're in your way, to put it in the frame that you are your way. And I just love that because, you know, you're so powerful and you're doing so many beautiful things. And ride with that, you know, celebrate the things that you are doing great and, you know, follow your happy and give yourself permission to feel good and allow yourself to just be that badass that you are. Well, I think that sums it up. <laughs> that was great. Thank you so much, Elise, and thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. And thank you all for listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. Be sure to stay tuned for more powerful episodes of people who've learned to get out of their own damn way. Thanks for listening. 
You've been listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast with Creelan Peters, the Fear Whisperer. Join us next time for more inspirational stories and leave a review on iTunes. You can also find us at creelan.com slash podcast. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N dot com slash podcast. And get even more great tips on how to get out of your own damn way by taking Creelan's free quiz at creelan.com slash quiz. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N dot com slash quiz. Thanks for tuning in.